Hey, y'all. This whole thing started as a group of friends playing Dungeons & Dragons, saying, Hey, let's record. Maybe other people will enjoy sitting at the table with us. The fact that you're here listening to us play D&D will never fail to be wild to me. If you like what you hear and you want to peek behind the door, I invite you to join our Patreon. By contributing to the Patreon, you can gain access to exclusive, handcrafted content, while also helping us pay for things like podcast hosting and logo designs. It's tough out here. On top of that, each subsequent tier allows access to the previous tier's rewards. The $2 tier grants you the title of Honorary Son, while giving you access to the patron-only Discord channel and a bonus entry into our giveaways. The $5 tier knights you as a hero of the Ten Towns, giving you early access to our episodes and access to our patron-exclusive one-shots. The $10 tier elects you to Ted Johnson's cabinet, which opens the cover to Fang's detailed note-taking journal and lets you know of future Suns projects currently in the works. Thanks for everything you do, Patreon aside. Without you, we wouldn't be here. The link to the Patreon is in the link tree in our Twitter bio. We hope to see you out there. Thanks for listening, and stay frosty. Hello and welcome to another Severed Side story. It's a, it could be a Severed Origin kind of, Depending we're going to see it where it goes. <laughs> so uh, we've got Blake here at the virtual table with me on a little, uh, he, if you recall, took off, Kai took off by himself uh, because Blake had some stuff he had to take care of. So he was gone away from the group for a while. And because I'm a good DM. Naturally. Naturally. We try to keep everybody happy. And if they're going to be gone, I want to be able to let their characters have some sort of adventure, some sort of story to explain why they're gone. So, okay. So Kai, when we last left off, you had left the party. What did you tell everybody as you were leaving? This is after the fight with the uh, ogres. And right. The, uh, I believe I took the map from Sh- Brune mm-hmm. and said that I would meet them at the fortress. Got it. Okay. So you've got the map and they head off immediately toward the south, kind of following along the lake side. What do you do after that? They they disappear from sight. The wind settles in, very very cold, but nothing to you. Just a light breeze. I'm gonna take off towards the northwest, a little more west, mm-hmm. back straight towards Care uh, Denival. Okay. Do you do you try to cut directly across the lake, or do you cut around? You can see Care Koenig. 
at uh, up the hill a little bit from the lake. I would probably try to cut as much time as possible, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't risk too much. Okay. I would kind of weigh what looked like it would hold me well and what would Yeah, make make a make a survival check. Okay. A 13. Yeah, you think you can plot a pretty decent safe path across the ice and with your speed, any kind of like moving pieces of ice you should be able to recover quite well. Um just give me an acrobatics yeah. check to get across the ice. Whoop. Oh, that was so close. Oh, no. <laughs> it was almost a one, and oh, I watched no. it slowly roll over to a seven. Oh, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's a, a 14 total. Awesome. Whew. Okay. Yeah, you have no problem. You have you have like a little bit of almost a natural one into it. You have like you get to this one piece of ice that kind of tips up and makes a little like um a couple of jagged edges and you have to kind of like stair step across oh, nice. them like ninja little, warrior like, ninja warrior <laughs> across them to get the safety but you make it across i realize i'm running so fast because i'm just super focused on what i'm doing that yeah letting my body make its own decisions really mm-hmm. about maneuvering the ice you see care koenig a little bit to the north and care denival to the southwest okay then i'm going to Head towards the southwest, then. You, you eventually get to the road leading uh, southwest into Cairdenaval, and you see the, the care on top of the hill overlooking the rest of the city. So it's probably getting later in the afternoon, so you see some people out and about heading into the uphill climb, the tavern, that's just to the west and down the hill from the care. What do you do? I'm going to start slowly my, making my way right up to the care. Okay. Do you have your mask on? I do. Yes. Okay. Because you have the mask on, uh, people kind of give you a wide berth a little bit. It's a weird thing to see. You pass the uphill climb, heading straight for the, the, the castle? Mm-hmm. There are two guards on patrol. Is it the same ones? <laughs> it's the same ones, yeah. You do see the two stone statues that weren't there before. There's two stone like gargoyles overlooking Yikes. On one on either side of the that part of the gate. I'm just gonna walk up to the guards. Mm-hmm. And just say, I think I'd like to have that visit now. We don't allow masked men inside the care. Remove your mask. And I'll take it off. One moment, please. One person goes inside, one of the guards, and the other stays outside. Again, you wait a very long time. You kind of glance up and you swear that the gargoyles have shifted position. Mm. But the guard comes back and says, What's your business here? I'm a friend of the uh, speaker, you might say. And I've heard he's got a prisoner here that I'm interested in talking to. We don't have any prisoners here. We don't know what you're talking about. Then you've got somebody else here. Hmm. Cadroth wishes to talk to you in any case. Please, come in. Thank you. 
and you pass through the the gate and into the courtyard uh where you see the wolves are still the dogs are still caged up barking there's a few guards walking back and forth to different parts of the building all of them have their pendants with the black sword like that chardelin mm-hmm. hanging off of a cord from the northern gates a um, Kadroth, the tiefling, kind of portly, balding, wearing a waistcoat and a long, and you see him kind of come out, and this, the biting wind causes him to shiver for a moment, and he comes up to you. Kai Raiju! If you don't mind, I'm going to put this mask back on. My face is a little chilly, and I'm just going to yeah, put it back on like my face. Laughs. He's like, I hear you've caused some trouble. It's what I do best. So you go by Yuri now, he says, kind of laughing, chuckling. It's just a uh, code name, if you will. Sounds like you're trying to hide from something or someone. A lot of people. I hear you've got a guest. Well, besides our usual guest, you know, we're taking good care of the speaker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could care less about that guy. (laughs) He's off his rocker. No, uh, I've heard you've got someone much more interesting here. A member of the Juggernaut? We had some troublemakers here when we first moved in. Uh, They said they were a member of the Juggernaut. I did not believe them. Where are they now? She's downstairs. Mind if I talk to her? I'll tell you what. I'll show you the way. If you can get to her, you can talk to her. Okay. He takes you to the Northwest Tower and orders some guards to remove some rubble, some just refuse that's been thrown into the corner, and it reveals a trapdoor, and there's a ladder going down. Have at it. I'm just going to state the obvious here. This isn't a trap, is it? Of course it's a trap. You know, member of the Juggernaut and a murderer of a candidate for speaker. You know, that's two prizes. You know, two feathers in my cap. And let's say I make it out. I don't think there's much down there you have to worry about. Let's stay friends. Well, I don't feel like getting dirty, so you have at it. And I will slowly start down the ladder. It's a wooden ladder clinging to the west wall, and it's held in place with iron brackets. It descends 12 feet to a hall of mortared stone, lit and heated by four sputtering torches. Extending from the east end of the hall is a water-filled cistern. A small rowboat is tied off near the water's edge. I'm gonna slowly and stealthily make my way to the boat, and I'm gonna check for any traps that may spring along the way. Okay, make an investigation check. Um, As you're, like, looking at the rowboat, you see a passageway also to the north. Let's see, 12 on investigation. Okay, you don't see any traps. It just seems to be a normal rowboat. There's, like, one oar inside of it. So the, the passageway north is on this side of the bank? Yes, yes. I'm gonna follow that one up. Okay. You go up there... And you see the room is empty except for four sheet-wrapped frozen bodies lying side by side. 
I'm gonna. Are they covered in any ways? Like faces? they're just wrapped. Yeah, they're completely wrapped up. Okay. In a white, she- in each in a white, their own white sheet. Yikes! It's a dead end this way. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess we're going on a boat. You have to kind of drag the boat off of. There's little like stone steps going down to the level of the water, and you kind of have to drag the boat into the water. Uh, the cistern is a 20-foot-wide arch tunnel which continues eastward into darkness away from the torchlight that's in the previous room. Do you have any light sources with you? I should have a torch that I will light. Okay. Like, <laughs> the You get into the rowboat and it seems pretty safe. No holes. Well made. And you kind of push off from the, the stairs and you're rowing down, slowly down this ice, the frigid water, and you can just feel the coldness coming off of it, and you can see kind of ice crystals glittering off of, with your torchlight off the sides of the wall. I'm going to take a minute to appreciate that I am a masked man on a rowboat <laughs> in the <laughs> underground cavern. You feel the boat, like you're rowing, and suddenly your oar hits something. And then the boat kind of bumps into something. It kind of goes sideways for a second. You hear kind of a thump, hollow thump against the boat. Take my other hand and grab the torch Mm -hmm. and kind of hold it to that side to see if I can make out what it is. Okay. You can see, just on a passing glance, you can see several swollen, half-frozen bodies near the bottom of the clear, cold liquid. They seem to be weighed down by chainmail shirts. Yikes. They look like a mix between human corpses and dwarven corpses. Just gonna keep paddling on. Okay. okay. Yeah, you, you bump a couple more bodies. And as you, These are the ones that kind of like have decayed enough to break away from the always weighing them down. Uh, there's a passageway going north and like stairs going up to room and a passageway going south and the the cistern continues to the east I will pull off to the north Mm -hmm. and try to dock the boat for a sec right try and go check out the room up the stairs to the north you can see kind of like, it's actually not that, there's only a couple of stairs to like a, a room that's just above water level. And you see a couple of sacks of grain and a rat kind of squeaks at you and kind of dives back like into a hole that he had bitten into the sack <laughs> and inside of it. Okay. But you don't see anything else. You see that from the rowboat. You don't have to get out. Okay, cool. And can I see anything that's down south way or... To the south, you have to kind of the the, the passageway to the, the the room to the north is the first one you came across, and you go like about ten feet down the cistern, and you see the room the, the passageway to the stairs to the south. There is a frosty, like frost covered square room. Across from the entrance, you see, just from your torchlight, a pillar of ice. But you can't really see much more than that unless you get out of the rowboat. I'll go ahead and dock up to the south and pull my torch off and go investigate. Okay. As you climb up the short flight of stairs to the room, 
um, you see it's a 15-foot square room. There are narrow tunnels to the left and right, going east and west. And across from the entrance is an eight-foot-tall pillar of ice. And there is, inside the pillar of ice, is a horned, pale-skinned humanoid figure trapped inside of it. The pillar is wrapped in black chains, and the wall behind it is covered in this brown fungus. It's kind of almost like wet-looking. The person probably looks very dead, right? It's kind of covered, completely covered in the ice. There's no way he could be alive or breathing, but he's not moving. But you can't really tell any more details other than it's a humanoid figure. Okay. He's starting to get the feeling this is a really messed up prison. And I'm going to start making my way back to the boat. You hear a voice coming from the west, from the right, from your right, saying, Are you going to bring me my food or not? I've been waiting an hour. Is it from the platform that I'm on, or...? Because you're standing in that center room, Mm -hmm. and there is a... um, To the west is where the voice came from, and to the east, it just goes off to another room. Then I'm going to go stealthfully investigate the voice. Make a stealth check. I know it's going to be hard with the uh, (laughs) the torch, but mostly just want to make sure that they don't see me first. Got it. Uh, Stealth is... Ooh, nice. That's a 22. Which side of the room do you go to to hide? Um... And do you you have the torch? You get rid of the torch. I'll probably toss the torch uh, alongside the wall, like toward the corner that I would have to okay. turn. Uh, behind the stat, behind the pillar of ice, or like by the entrance? By the pillar. By the pillar. Yeah. Okay. As you toss the the, the torch over there, it kind of hits and rolls. And the brown substance behind it suddenly, like, starts pulsing. And you see it starting to grow. Oh, and God. you actually, like, see, like, little pustules growing on it. What do you do? I'm going to back up towards the entrance a couple of steps and fire off a firebolt at it. Okay. Does the firebolt do fire damage? It does. This is what happens. The brown mold hits, uh, like the firebolt, froom, goes into the patch of mold on the back, and suddenly it like expands across the ceiling, and you see spores shoot out. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Ooh. And oh, these, like, no. these like icky spores. It's a four. Oh god, okay, that's a fail. Yeah, that was bad. Okay. Um, the spores hit you, just start like hurting your skin, uh, like burning into you with this necrotic energy. You take 7, 11, 16, Oof. 24, 26, 28, Jesus. 31 points of necrotic damage. Ow! What's your hit points? Your hit points are <laughs> 43. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Oof. And you hear 
It's like, what in the name of Levistus himself is going on out there? And you see this albino tiefling walk out. And she has, she walks out and she's holding this staff with a crystal, like this white crystal on it. She points it at the brown mold patch and this like frost cone of cold comes out and just like coats everything, puts out the torch, which makes it dark except for the crystal, which is glowing currently and putting out a little bit of light. Mm -hmm. The, The cold immediately like douses all of the spores and she has kind of short white hair, short little black horns that kind of go off to the side. She has white furs and there's a raven perched on her shoulder. And she looks at you. And you have the mask on, right? I do. You're not one of the knights. Who are you? And what business do you have blundering in here, disturbing the shrine? I'm looking for someone. I'll also, anytime I speak with the mask on, I'll just use the prestidigitation, yeah. She says, does Kadroff know you're here? And you see her kind of like fiddling with the cold. Like, you look, look a little bit hurt. I could take you out in just a thought. Of course he does. Why would anybody sneak down here? Hmm. My name is Avarice. I've heard of you. Really? What have you heard? Oh, you're a friend of Dazan's, aren't you? <laughs> a friend? Really? A friend? Is that what he called me? Oh, he didn't call you much. But oh, I don't think he calls anybody anything anymore. I think he's dead. You're right. Idiot trying to walk around right in the open in East Haven. So anyway, looking for someone? I know there's some prisoners at the end of the cistern. That's probably what I'm aiming for. Hmm. Well, if you're going to get past the gate, the lever to open up into the far corners, uh, the far reaches of the cistern is through that room to the east. There's a lever in there. It'll open up. There's not any more of this stuff, is there? Pointing at the mold. (laughs) This is a shrine to the glorious Levistus himself. What's that body doing in there? (laughs) The knights created this. Cadroth wanted to create some sort of somewhere where he could worship Levistus. They just don't have the, the smarts. They just found a mannequin a wooden mannequin made it look like a body. The brown mold keeps it frozen. Interesting. Tell me, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. how do Levistus and the Frostbaden get along? She thinks for a second and makes a religion check. Hmm, okay. And she says, they both have sway over frozen realms. I think they don't get in each other's way. Levistus, I believe that with the coming of the rhyme, I saw an opportunity. And the world's a big enough place. That's true. Hey, you want to come with me? Yeah, I'm kind of bored. She says, I can finish my studying later. And I also know that I can kill you in a moment's notice. You know, that, that brown mole did a number on you. Yeah, it wasn't fun. She says, oh, just give me a second. And she casts a spell, and you see this shimmering... I see kind of like crystallize uh, crystals kind of like flow over her body and make some sort of mage armor hmm. around her. Let's go and activate the gate. Perhaps you can 
we could trade some information. I think we could. What do you know of... Oh, this is my raven, Skelm. Pleasure. And the raven kind of at you. He watches out for me. He He's a good friend. Seems like it. How long have you been a mage? You look a little green around the collar. Well, I haven't uh, had the opportunity to learn very much, but I'm kind of making it up as I go. Interesting. Avarice says, what do you know about Itherin, the city of Itherin? Not a thing at all. What about anything in Netherese artifacts? Anything? I've heard tell. Part of our uh, run-in with Tazan was because he was rumored to possess a scroll that was an ancient Netherese artifact. Hmm. I know he was looking for a scroll. Rumor is he found it. Just don't know where it is now. Uh, she goes over into the room and you see it's completely empty except for an iron plate embedded in the north wall. And there's a lever like just thunk, stuck into it. Go ahead and pull that. Okay. It like, and you hear clanking iron chains. How many crazies you got locked in there? Oh, let's just say that when the knights came into the care, we had to do something with all the people who surrendered. Hmm. Just some of the servants that were here working for the speaker. They are tr- they are collateral and an insurance policy for Cadroth Kad- to make sure the speaker does what he is told to do. Do you have anybody fight back? A few. I think they're in the cistern. I wouldn't drink out of it. Water looks nice and cold, but... Well, let's get moving. Okay. After you. I'm going to guide her back to the boat. Okay. Oh, she just fucking cast fly. She's not getting that boat. Okay, <laughs> she ca- she casts a spell and just kind of lifts off off the ground. That's like after you, I'll be right behind you, and I'll just pull the boat back off the shore and hop back in and start on the way. Up ahead, you see a. Oh, do you relight your torch? Yeah, I would have picked it up, sorry. The brown mold had, like, completely swarmed over the torch where the fire was, but the ice drove it back when she cast the spell, and so you were able to grab it. Nice. And as you got closer to the brown mold, it got colder and colder. Hmm. You light your torch, and as you get into the boat, you see it's still kind of going up slowly. There was a blue marble slab on the eastern uh, side of the cistern and it's slowly rising into the ceiling and you see the water kind of continue past. I'm going in. Okay. As I go, I'll just kind of absentmindedly toss out like, so who is the better mage? You or Dizan? <sighs> Let's just say the Arcane Brotherhood saw us all as equals, but I am I am the better mage because he's fucking dead now. He almost made a comeback. 
Really? Interesting. That he, he had a simulacrum? He did. Oh, fucker. Oh. My friends and I tried to uh, assist him in regaining Why would you do something form? stupid like that? Well, he, uh, he had some information that we were curious about. And his memory was, memory was spotty. Simulacrums are not the most reliable of things. You travel past the blue marble. The water on this side is... There's actually like a little... The blue marble gate actually has some, a bottom part. So the boat kind of like bumps over Oof. as you get to that. And so this side of the cistern is actually like clear and cool and body and corpse free. You see a little small landing, and to the north is a five-foot-wide, eight-foot-high tunnel, and you just kind of you can smell filth coming from it. Well, I guess we've uh, found the place. I don't think they take good care of their prisoners. The knights doesn't seem. Much. I I claim I tell Kadroth that I'm with them, but you know. Sh- it's just a secret between you and me. What I want to do might not align with what Cadrith wants the knights to do. So keep that in mind. I like you. I like you. You might make a good apprentice. <laughs> I think my style might be a little bit different than yours. You haven't seen my style yet. Suppose not. You hear kind of a, an elderly voice. It's been days. We're hungry. Bring us our food. Coming from the darkness. You'll get it in a moment. Are you still using your disguised voice? Mm-hmm. Um, the voice that came from the darkness sounds weak. It's old. Very, it's very sickly sounding. I'm going to walk over in the direction that it's coming from, or that I heard it from. And you go up the stairs to the room. There's some blankets in here. There's a chamber pot which is filled to the brim. You see six people with your torchlight. An elderly man. You see a middle-aged man and a very skeleton, skeletally thin, very sickly. Uh, but he's in a butler's outfit. It's kind of like stained and nasty. There is... A human, and she's staying close to the skeletally thin man. Yeah, there's a a young woman and a a young man, and they're both kind of like sitting there. But in the back is a red-haired, familiar woman. And she's sitting there with her back against the wall. And she's got her arm wrapped in a splint. It looks like it's broken. And she's kind of got her eyes closed. And she's just like breathing softly. Doesn't open her eyes. You're pretty sure you know this person. I'm going to look back to Avarice. Say, don't you think these people would be more useful as servants? I suggested that, actually. But Cadroth needs the speaker to do and sign things that are important to him. Threatening their very lives, I think, is what motivates him. I think he actually cares for these people. The speaker is not a nice man, but he cares about the people that are in his life. I think we should let him out. Really? Why is that? 
And you see, actually, at this point, make make a perception check. Uh, da, da, da. uh ten. All the five of the people, except for the woman, the red-haired woman, is um, they're kind of like leaning forward, like wondering what's going on. This is completely new to them. They've been here for for weeks, and they're like, "Yeah, please, please, sir, sir." I don't know who you are, but you're not with 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 the knights. You need to let us go. I'm just going to say, quiet, and I'm going to hold out my hand and make some sparks. Just kind of jump around it. Okay. Avarice kind of nods her head, smiling. So go on, tell me. Why, why do you want to release them? Well, these people are no good to him unless they're alive, right? In order to get the speaker to do what he wants, they must be alive, yes. Looks like the life is slowly draining out of a few of them. Make a medicine check. Medicine. Be good, be good. Oh, that's okay. That's a 14. They're not, they're malnourished and dirty and just in a foul state, but they are definitely, like, not at death's door. They're, they're sickly, but they may still, they may still be around for a few weeks. They could, they have maybe a month even. I just say to the sick old man, how are you? I'm hungry. I, those bastards, came in here, killed my friends. I want out of here. I worry about the speaker. Speaker. I worry about Speaker Krennic. I wonder how he's doing. And what if I told you you're never going to make it out of here? Avarice chuckles, and he says, Sir, you are not with them. I saw all of the people who invaded the castle. You you were not with them. Please, I'm begging. I, I And he gets down on his knees in front of you. Please, sir, you have the power to save us. I kind of turn aside from him, almost as if I'm ignoring him. And when you do... The woman jumps to her feet, holding a knife made of ice, and lunges at you. Okay, so this is going to be a surprise attack, because she rolled like a 20 on her stealth. Ooh. Which one is this? This is the red-haired woman. She was faking being hurt and unconscious. And she rolled a 17 plus at least 5. Yeah, yeah, because this is basically a dagger, so she's proficient with it. And you feel it kind of get really close. Actually, actually, I'm going to do this. She gets up to your throat, and you feel the point of it. Just like she's like slowly driving it up underneath the mask, and she says, "Let us out of here." In a very, very familiar voice, you definitely know who this is. I'm going to slowly take my hand and put it on the ice spike. It looks like. She had carved this somehow out of the frost, out of like frozen it somehow out of the water. Like it's actually something quite beautiful. And I'm just going to slowly push it aside and say, we don't have any need for that. And I drop my hand. Mm-hmm. And I. She stands ready to drive the, 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 not, like the knife directly into your jugular. And I just slowly turn back to avarice and say these people's bodies may hold out but their minds won't last long down here i don't think cadras worried about their minds well if their minds go 
their bodies will follow. True. Very true. I turn back to the woman, and then I kind of meet her gaze for a moment, and then look past her to the old man again, and I just say, Assuming you never make it out, how long do you think you'll make it before you take your own life? What what does that mean? Before the hunger takes you, before the pain and ache as your body wastes away. Avarice is eating every single bit of this up. She's like looking at you almost like the hunger. The woman looks disgusted. The man looks at you and says, If we do not escape here soon, we will not last very long. It is true. But anything is better. Anything. Anything. What if you weren't you? Avarice raises her eyebrow. The man looks very confused. You forget this place. You forget the care. You forget your speaker. You find a new place to live. And you live. But you don't shed another thought on this place. If it means life for us all, we would do anything. And I turn back to Avarice and say... They make it out, they never return or speak a word of it to anyone, and for all the speaker knows, his people are still just as much in danger. Kadroth is not that cruel. He still feeds them. What's going to happen when he sends a man down here to give them their, I think every other day, three days, brings a little bit of food down? Kadroth will know. Kadroth will be a part of it. Avarice says, you are one sneaky son of a bitch. What is going on in that beautiful mind of yours? More than I would want. The woman holding the ice knife kind of like twirls it in her hand a little bit. It's like she's holding an action. Mm -hmm. And she's looking at you cautiously, not moving. She's holding it in her right hand. She's right-handed and her right arm is broken. She's holding it in her left hand, but you know... That she's, she's still just good. as yeah. she's still good. Yeah. I just say to Avarice, uh, do you understand the agreement? I do, but you you're the one who has to explain it to Kadroth. Can you get these people to the far bank? Oh, I'm just gonna do it. She casts Big B's hand. Oh nice. It goes down. I can get everybody into the boat and then carry the boat to the other shore. They wouldn't have to lift a finger. Then bring the boat back. You are entertaining. Of course I'll be back for you. And she basically uses the hand to usher them into the boat. As the woman goes to step on, I say, not you. We're not done. Oh, I'm not done with you. And I wait for the boat to leave. And the boat goes up. And you hear everybody kind of saying, saying thank you, thank you. And you hear, you actually hear the the... the the elderly man say, Miss, you are in our debt. And she's like, just shut up. Just shut up. Get get, get out of the boat. And you just hear them kind of bickering <laughs> at the end of the cistern. I'm not doing this for you, she says. But you leaves you and the woman alone. The gentlemen upstairs tell me that you think you're a member of the Juggernaut. She says, how do you know about the juggernaut? The kind of intense 
burning. She's like she's trying to look into your soul, trying to figure you out. And she steps away, twirling the ice knife in her fingers in her left hand. And she says, Are you from Luskin? I don't recognize the symbol on your mask. It's a symbol from here. I've become a bit of a bounty hunter up here, you could call it. I was sent here to make a deal with the speaker and got caught up in a little bit of the fray and broke my arm, got captured. If you let me go, I know people who can get you whatever you want. I want to know where the juggernaut are. What's your business with them? I'm hunting them. What did they do to you? Who did Mino Meat Hook hurt that you knew? And that just catches him for a second as a lot of memories come reeling back. So you don't deny it. You are a member of the Juggernaut. What else would I be? You're on the wrong side. It's the only side I've known for quite a long time, she says sadly. That doesn't make it right. Blake, tell me what she looks like. So she has long red hair. She's got some braids through it that are kind of, you know, a little punk rocky, but not too much. It's just... yeah. She's very pretty, but definitely in a tomboyish kind of way. Uh, If you can imagine uh, Ygritte from Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones. Right. Just that kind of rough and tumble... Interesting. Attractiveness that's... She's she's a tomboy, for sure. She currently doesn't have... She has, like, a torn black cloak and the remnants of some leather armor. And she paces around you, almost cat-like, very graceful. She moves the way you remember her moving. Tell me, what has Meat Hook ever given you? You speak as if you know him. Again, I'm hunting him. It helps to know who I'm after. Meat Hook gave me a reason for living. Meat Hook gave me purpose. And what did he take from you, I wonder? And she flinches at that. That is none of your business. Who are you? I've been called lots of things here. Murderer, hero, ally, villain. Track says, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You can call me Yuri. Okay, Yuri. What do you want with Meat Hook? What did he do to you? Perhaps I'll tell you what he did to me. And very solemnly, and still very composed, but just very still and pointed to her, he says, He took everything from me. You like playing the mysterious stranger, don't you? The mask... The way you talk around ideas, not quite telling the exact truth, letting people infer things. Tell me, who did he kill? Before I answer that, I want to know if you've ever lost anyone. She looks hurt, and she says, somebody I once trusted, who turned out to be a lowly disgusting murderer. A murderer? Of whom? My brother. And almost like a whip crack after she says that, 
Kai just yells through the mask, Lies! And when he does it, the prestidigitation almost feeds off of his energy. Mm-hmm. And it sounds a lot like a speaker feedback loop. That little right. wee! And he just says, You really know nothing, do you? She's backed up a little bit, holding the knife in a protective stance. Is the prestidigitation still on? I'm, I'm gonna, again, uh, collect myself and compose and cast a spell again. Okay. In a more calm and functional yeah. manner. Mm-hmm. She says, What do you know of lies? I've been lied to my entire life. By those I trusted. And I've always been a good liar. Which makes you untrustworthy. How can I know when you're telling the truth? You'll know it when it's said. You seem to be not so much different than me. You know that there's safety in shadows. And there's lots of shadows here in the Dale. I've made them my home. Are you from Luskin? Did the, did the, the host tower of the Arcane send you? I'm not from Luskin. Although I have been there before, yes. Make a perception check for me. Uh, 14. 14. The boat is just kind of like poking just right around the edge where you can see it in the water. But it's moving no closer. So you think Avarice is probably listening right now. Okay. Would you like to know truth? Truth is a dangerous thing. But I would like to know it. Because I think I will know you better. If I hear something that I deem truthful out of your the mouth that you hide, the face that you hide. Let me warn you. Lies come very easily. It's the truth that hurts. And I'm going to walk over a few steps towards the wall. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to toss my torch on the floor. Got it. And sputters for a second. I'm looking to create kind of a light on the wall. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to use minor illusion to create somewhat of a like shadow puppet show of everything that I'm describing to her. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. This is a true story. Though you may not believe it. There were once three people. A sister, a brother, and a third. They worked together as a team. They ran many missions together, and I'm going to make the shadows, like, tumble and fight and do all kinds of, like activities that look like they're on missions together. And they work so well together. The three figures, I'm sure. Yeah. Just very close and cooperative. But there came a time when the brother became suspicious of their leader. And I'm going to use another hand to cast another shadow that looks very similar to the silhouette of McGregor 
He suspected dark dealings beyond our knowing. The silhouette of McGregor is huge, imposing, towering, large man. One night, as the three slept, the brother woke and decided to investigate. Upon his departure, the third man heard him leave and woke as well. He thought of waking the sister to warn her of her brother's departure, but instead he let her sleep as he followed behind. They arrived at the lair of their boss, and the brother found that he was indeed correct, and that McGregor was involved with dark, dark materials. The brother tried to intervene, and the third tried to help, taking the brother's side. However, the boss was far too strong for them. The brother was slain, and the boss took the body of the third and disposed of him. And I'm going to be very graphic in the illusion that I create of McGregor hanging Kai and impaling him through the chest on a beef meat hook hanger in this warehouse. And then I drop the illusion and I turn back to the woman and say, What did McGregor tell you happened to your brother? What did he tell you? What's a lie and what's truth? What did he tell you happened to Max? I'm not being very shrouded at this point. No. I'm starting to get very pointed. And she just kind of like collapses and you see energy kind of drain out of her body. And she looks at you and says, he told me that you killed him. And I take the mask off and drop it on the cave floor. And she rushes at you, knife right to your throat, holding it very steady. You actually hear Avarice in the passageway kind of go, <gasps> make a little gas. And I, I again slowly put my hand up to the ice knife, and I look down at her and say, I came back for you to tell you what had happened. But it turns out that bullets are much faster than explanations. Convince me. Tell me. He told me that, and you see tears gathering at the corners of her eyes. And she says, I saw his body. I saw, I saw your dagger coated in his blood. How? 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 And she just kind of collapses a little bit. How are you still alive? There's a monastery that seeks out people like me. People that were lost. They warned me to abandon my old life, that my death was a new start, but I couldn't stay away from you, not knowing what happened, not without worrying that it would hurt you too. And the tears kind of tumble down her cheeks, and she collapses on her knees to the ground. I don't know why I was sent to the Icewind Dale. I've hated every bit of it. (laughs) But when I heard that the Juggernaut was here, I couldn't stop myself from thinking that you might be too. 
This must be a dream. You must be an illusion of some sort. And she says that night in Luskin, when we are watching the host tower from a distance and watching the, all the spells go off, one night a year where all of the apprentices cast all of their explosive spells into the air like fireworks. What did you tell me that night while we were watching all of this glorious magic around us? Told you it was a pretty shitty use of explosives. And she leans in and kisses you. And you hear a gasp. She's obviously cast invisibility. Yeah. <laughs> is watching the whole thing. I'm so sorry that I'm sorry for so much. I'm sorry that I couldn't save him, and I'm sorry that I didn't take you with me. And I'm sorry for this. She's going to cast a sleep spell, and I think y'all are both with enough low hit points that you're just going to pass right out. Probably. (laughs) Sleep is 5d8. Okay, when she's casting it at much higher level. All once, all once, all once. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to cast it at fourth level. Actually, fifth level. (laughs) And that's an additional second, third, fourth, fifth. So, additional 8d8. Okay, 11, 12, 14, 15, 17, 19, 22. The woman slumps to the ground as you're trying to fight the sleep, the, the, the drowsiness coming over you. 21, 27, 30, 32, 33, 41, 47. Oh my God, that was a good roll. Um, 54, 56. Yeah, I'm, I had 12, so. Avarice kind of like pops into the air, flies over, and she's like, Hmm, what am I going to do with the two of you? As I fall asleep, I'm just going to say, You bitch. You wake up. You don't know how how long it's been. It's instantly cold. You're outside. And you're in a... You're actually in the stable... The woman's the red-headed woman's there next to you, asleep still. Thank the gods. Avarice and there's two stone gargoyles standing next to her. And she's looking at you as you wake up. And she says, You've been out for quite a while. I just wanted to make sure that you got out undetected. And I know you need to speak to, to Kadroth, but I've heard word that something's happening in the Dale, and I needed to tell you. What's up? Look. And she points to the south. You see this dragon flying in the town. The dragon is like this black, made of, its body is made of black stone, its wings oily leather. And you see it land at the bottom of the the hill that uh, Dineval is built on. And it lands onto, like, right next to the first building in town and just tears into it. You see people screaming. She's, and Avarice says, I need to get you to safety. Are you kidding me? God, we gotta take that thing down. 
There's no way we can take it down. It's not possible. We at least got to get those people out. Oh, you you disappoint me. You, oh, you disappoint me. And you see it just start, the, the dragon start tearing into building and building and building. What do you do? I'm just going to say, watch her. And Kai starts running off towards town. Okay. You look, and you see people kind of pouring out of the, the tavern. And they look, looking down aghast. The sky above currently is overcast. You can't really see the stars. You can't don't really know from the moon's location how long it's been. Okay, you start see it starting to tear into building after building, and you're running down the hill toward it. You see a people coming out, but none of these people who live here, they look no condition to fight. None of them are really armed. They're like grabbing things and running, just scattering. You see the dragon is starting to stomp down, killing indiscriminately. It takes you a few minutes to get to down the hill, and by the time you get there, like dozens, dozen buildings have been destroyed. I what do you do? Probably haven't had a long rest, right? With you the sleep not. spell. No. Great. So, Kai's going to start ducking behind some buildings. Mm-hmm. Until he can get about 90 feet away. As you're running down the hill, suddenly a message that was magically sent to you catches up to you because you're conscious now. We confronted the Durgar. They've released a dragon on ten towns. It's heading toward Dugan's Hole. Going counterclockwise. Meet us at Targos. As you're running down the hill and this message is being into your mind. I'm going to get about 90 feet away. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kind of corner up behind a building. Are you going to be stealthy about it? Yes. And I'm going to use my bonus action as I peek mm-hmm. around to use my hex on the dragon. And it's going to have... Uh, disadvantage on strength ability checks. Okay. And then I'm going to use my action to fire a firebolt at it. Go ahead and roll initiative for me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, that's a 13. I rolled a 10. Okay. So you cast the firebolt at it. Roll to hit. Ooh, that's a 10. 10 misses. Uh, it see if it notices. It's too busy just like rampaging through the town, killing things. It does not seem to notice you. The firebolt went wide. Okay. Um, and it's focused on just destroying as much as humanly possible. The building, it gets to a building and you see about four or five people scramble out the top. There's like a kind of a two-story it's not really a two-story, it's where they were in the attic. Mm-hmm. And so they crawl out a window and onto the overhang and they're starting to slip down the, the, the snow and starting to fall and the dragon's right there and when they land they there's four of them and they look up at the dragon there's this purple mist coming out of their eyes and you see them get this like insidious grin this f- fury in their faces and they start looking around your turn I'm gonna say God. Fuck! And I'm gonna shoot another firebolt 
the dragon's way. Okay. Oh, that's better. That's a 25 to hit. Okay, that hits. That's gonna do... Six points of fire damage. Plus... Okay. Four points of necrotic. The dragon leaps into the air and flies away to the other end of town. And as it does, it opens its mouth and you hear gears grinding as it takes this like inhale of breath. And suddenly a bright beam of radiant energy comes out of its mouth, raking through a building. And you see six or seven people get incinerated instantly. And it flies far away from you. The four people with the purplish mist coming out of their eyes see you and just charge at you. And they're trying, they they don't have any weapons. They're just trying to claw at you with their their eight. Eighteen! That's what they rolled. Eighteen. And. But they're all surrounding you now. Just running up to you. One got an 18, which I'm sure doesn't hit you. Uh, it does, but I'm gonna use my my war magic ward to up my AC by two. Got it. Yeah, all four of them miss with that uh, casting the war magic spell, and they're all just trying to punch you and grab at you and rip at your clothes and grab you. The dragon just making huge amounts of noise and destruction, and its eyes is glowing white hot. And people screaming and dying. It's your turn. I'm going to try to subdue the four people around me mm-hmm. using melee, which okay. I feel like I haven't done in a while. Oh, not a, not in a while. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use an unarmed strike, and I'm going to try and elbow one of the first people. We'll say the one right in front of me. Try to mm-hmm. elbow him in the face. And that's gonna... Oh, no. That's a nat one. Yeah, they're just almost... They're too close to you. It's like they're like zombies trying to get... Like, overwhelm you. Then I'm going to use my bonus action with martial arts to headbutt the person in front of me since I couldn't get my elbow up to hit them. And that's gonna be... There we go. A 21 to hit. Okay. And I don't know how many hit points they have, but all of this, I want to be non-lethal. That's max damage for eight. Yeah, you just knock one un- unconscious. <clears throat> and with that, the purple kind of like dissipates from there. When they close their eyes and they go unconscious, the purple mist just dissipates. Good to know. And that's my turn. The other three continue to try to grab at you... That's an 18, and a, that's natural 18. Off in the distance, you see the dragon has destroyed, with its beam, has destroyed two or three more buildings and is starting to crawl up the hill toward the care and toward the uh, tavern at the top of the hill. Oh, great. That's, you take one point of damage from the, oh. the commoner who's trying to claw at you. Like he actually scratches... From up the hill, you see Avarice, the two gargoyles, and you see um, the woman. And they are running down the hill, away from the dragon. They're kind of like, the dragon's going, because the, the city's in a kind of a curve, like it's like an arc. Mm-hmm. The dragon's going up around the arc. This ragtag group is just kind of stumbling down 
a steep embankment, trying to make their way down. And they are looking, they're obviously looking for you, but they don't mm-hmm. see you. But you see them because they're on the top. They're like heading away from the dragon. Good. It's your turn. All right. I'm going to try and whip around and throw an elbow back at the one behind me. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a 25 to hit. Okay. I'm just going to say you knock that person out. Okay. And then I'm going to use my bonus action and burn a key point mm-hmm. to do flurry of blows. Okay. And I'm just going to, after I whack that one, I'm going to leap up in the air and do like a switch kick. Got it. So my legs move in opposition and kick both of the two remaining people. Okay. Hold hit. One of them is going to be a 21. That hits. And the other is going to be 23. 23. Okay. Do you want me to roll damage on those, or... Oh, no, no, no. You knock... You basically, you jump into the air, switch kick, and they're both just fall to the side, unconscious. Nice. Yeah, you see um, Avarice, the red-haired woman, and the two gargoyles, and they're kind of heading toward the, this, the destruction on this end of town, and they haven't seen you yet, but they're, head, they're headed your direction. Okay. I'm going to immediately start running up kind of in angling for between them and the dragon. Okay. The dragon leaps into the air and makes a strafing run, destroying like four buildings at once. And then like kind of banks up and starts heading toward uh, the tavern. Kai's going to start dashing full speed as soon as it's his turn. You hear the woman shout. Kai! Kai, come back here! It's too dangerous! Just a second. And you hear her say, son of a bitch! She starts chasing after you. The dragon, on its turn, lands in front of the tavern, killing the innkeeper. He would come out with an axe, and he just lands, vroom, right in front of the innkeeper, reaches down, takes it in its stony mouth and thus rips him to shreds and then immediately just like crushes through the tavern <sighs> your turn uh, how far away do you think it is now you're probably about probably about a 200 feet okay. down the hill from the tavern <sighs> then I'm going to burn another key point to use step of the wind to dash mm-hmm. and I'm going to move up 80 feet so I'm within okay. 120 feet. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to cast another firebolt. And that is a 24 to hit. That will hit. And that's going to be a little bit better on the damage. Uh, eight fire damage plus... Where's my hex? Because he's still hexed. Five points of necrotic. And that's my turn. With that... The dragon leaps into the air. Let me see if its breath weapon recharges. And it does. Uh-oh. And he flies over you, making a pass. And suddenly, this as you see the dragon, like it's just oily black wings stretched out, gliding. And you hear those gears grinding as it breathes in again. And it sees you. You've, you've heard it. 
and it's diving down. The radiant beam comes out of its mouth, aiming right towards you. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, that's a 16. Okay. That's what you needed. Oh. Okay. It's probably still not going to help, but. 12, <laughs> 15, 18. This is full. I'm rolling the full. 31 points halved, so 15. Yep. I'm still down. Okay. The beam hits you, and you just feel that radiant energy, like, burning. And it's just... You start... You fall forward, and you see the dragon fly past, and then bank towards Care Koenig and take off full speed. Woof. Actually, I think this is a good place to stop. All right. Because I think I can have you wake up in... If I don't die. If you don't <laughs> die. Here, actually, let's do that. Um, like, Ryan's running up. She'll she'll help. Oh, boy. We could just... Uh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and let's do, let's just let's do the sequence. Fun, yeah. Yeah, let's do the sequence. Let's do the sequence. Okay. So, make your first death save. All right. Ooh-wee. <laughs> oh, no, that's a nine. Okay, that's one failure. Uh, okay, S- seventeen. Okay, God. <laughs> oh, that's a seven. Okay, two failures. Hold on, let me look at something right quick. Okay, because oh boy. Okay, this probably won't work, but <laughs> I have my arcane deflection ability. Mm-hmm. It says when you are hit. Oh nope. When you are hit by an attack or fail a saving throw. But I guess that doesn't count for death saves. No. <sighs> Alright. Yep. I might die. Here we go. Oh, it's a ten. <laughs> <laughs> two and two. Oh. I'm gonna roll my brand new Faxildon critical roll uh, okay. dice set. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yep. The um, Raven Queen calls. Fifteen. Okay. Uh. So if you go unattended, <sighs> you'll make it. You'll stabilize. Thank God. <laughs> I love the little callback for like the little story, the shadow puppet. Yeah, Anna. yeah. That was really nice. Uh, we got to tell. Like, I, I don't know why we didn't mention. I didn't. Just no names. That we don't know who she is. Like, don't know her name yet. Well, if she meets the rest of the party, I assume yeah. she can get an introduction there. So, right. Oh man, that was fun. Yeah, that's really really intense. Yeah. Um, I think you've got an admirer though. <laughs> I thought I was like, man, I really don't want to fight her. So maybe I can just charm her with being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. She's charmed. Oh man. Um is there anything you want to talk about before we sign off? I don't think so. Just okay. uh join the Patreon. Yeah, please. Follow yeah, follow everybody on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, follow everybody on Twitter of Separate Sons D D or we have a Discord. Yeah, the Discord. And it's too. very active. It's a lot of fun. And we have a lot of chaos going on in that Discord chat. 
a lot of fan art happening. It's really yeah, a lot of fun. We cool. have some great people in our Discord. So we love you all. Yeah. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening yeah. so yeah. much. Uh, what's your what's your Twitter, Blake? Uh, mine is at Shinobi Raiju. And I'm Ron Murphy, Dungeon Master, and I can be found at Ron88KeysRBDM. Please give us a follow. And I'm trying to think what else. Oh, because I don't have my little thing in mm. front of me, my little <laughs> script. The cue card. Um, cue card. Everybody have a wonderful night and stay frosty. Stay frosty. Hey, y'all. If the last two years have taught me anything, other than the fact that I'm never actually going to make sourdough bread at home, it's that human beings thrive in communities of like-minded people. We may not be able to see the people we care about every day, but the internet has ways to bridge the gap. That's why I'm inviting you to join the Severed Sons Discord, where members of our awesome community talk about whatever's on their minds. Anime, video games, art, Theater, D&D, of course, and very serious channels like Zach's Saggy Curtain and Josh's Squeaky Chair. I'm tearing up already. The Severed Sons Discord is a way for all of us to connect in a time when Zoom calls are tough to schedule, but apps are easy to open. You can find a link to our Discord in the link tree in our Twitter bio. We hope to see you in the server. Until then, stay frosty. Stay frosty.